Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Cat Morris. Man, uh, what the fuck do I even get into first? I don't know, man. It, it, it's been crazy, as always. Um, I mean, today at work, just give you like a quick example of some of the shit that I deal with. So today, um, I had an appointment for a cat that was supposed to go home. We're doing adoptions by appointment only. So um, the person came in. Um, I've had this cat, Kovu. He's one of my, uh, the cats from the, the white cat house that I've talked about a lot of times. Uh, my cat, Mo, came from that house. Um, and, uh, you know, we still have a handful of those cats. And um, the, there was 38 white, mostly white cats came from that same house, just to recap. Uh, hoarding house, the lady died. Uh, we, we got all these cats. So, um, beautiful, beautiful cats. Um, Kovu is very, very good with other cats. He's very shy with people, but he's like the best friend another cat could have. So anyway, uh, this guy comes, he's supposed to adopt Kovu. He's pre-approved all of this stuff. Um, I, uh, I show him the cat. I explain to him, you know, this is the type of cat he is. He's going to need a lot of time. This isn't going to be a quick transition. Um, you know, I explained all the things he could do and, uh, you know, I didn't feel, uncomfortable with the way he reacted to it i felt like everything was good he says okay yeah so i'm definitely interested so now's the part where i get the cat ready he says okay here's you know here's my carrier Uh, i got a towel in there or whatever for him i said all right so uh i didn't really look you know much in the carrier i um i stuck him in the carrier i brought him up front I was going to bring him down to medical get his exit exam and this and that the top of the carrier i could notice was kind of dirty Um, which turns me off right from the start because again, like you're coming to adopt a new cat and you're bringing that to the, you know what I mean? Like you didn't even put out effort, you know, that far, but not, I didn't see anything that was like, I'm not putting this cat in his carrier. It just looked like, you know, maybe it was in his garage for a while or some shit like this. Right. So, um, uh, medical's, uh, busy at the moment. So they're like, yeah, come back in 20 minutes. Okay, so I bring him back and I said, all right, let me put him in my bigger carrier. I'm just going to clean this carrier while I'm waiting. So I go to start cleaning the carrier, clean the whole outside of the carrier real nice. I pull the towel out. I just kind of put the towel to the side and pay much attention to it. I start cleaning out the inside of this carrier and there's like like moldy shit, like some kind of like chunks of mold or something in the carrier. And I'm like, ah, this is fucking gross. So now I'm getting pretty annoyed, like, you know, about this guy and this carrier that he brings here. So, um, I I get the whole inside of the carrier real clean. Now I'm like, well, you know, I'm probably going to need to put a new towel in there or something because I can't imagine like, you know, the towel is really clean, but who knows? Maybe you put a clean towel. I go to grab the towel and there's a rusty nail on the fucking towel caked with some kind of white shit on there. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so now I'm just like, fuck this. I go up front and, uh, you know, I tell the manager whatever, and, uh, they, they call the adoption off or whatever. And like, he, he, he calls her a bitch and fucking takes the nail and throws it into our picnic area out front where, you know, the people eat, you know, and, and, you know, hang out with their kids and stuff, you know, when they go to the zoo and it's just like the, the type of people I fucking deal with, it's just insanity, man. It's just, and, and you know, you can never it's not like I can get on this podcast and be like, Hey guys, when you go to adopt a cat, you can't teach these fucking people not to be the way they are. They're just this fucking way. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. But anyway, uh, to other things and, and whatever. Um, so many different things I want to get into. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, 
Shaheen sent me lots of fucking questions. Big shout out to Shaheen, as always. Uh, he's he's recording this for me again tonight. Um, nuclear Heat Graphics, um, Chair Shot Tees. You know, he's doing all this, you know, tremendous amount of art. He's out there killing it. You can see his stuff on auctions and all sorts of things. Um, so check him out. And again, big shout out to him, you know, doing this for me because I really appreciate it. I still don't know what the fucking deal is with the blog talk. Apparently I could upload stuff, but, you know, not so much as far as the, uh, you know, the recording on there. So, and you know, I have no patience for it. So this is a, a big, big help. Um, also, shout out to... Um, Jeremy over. I got you five stars doing his thing. Uh, and shout out to, I'll get back to Jeremy in a second. Um, shout out to Andrew Carluck at False Count Radio, Wrestling Soup, and um, Eric at the fucking Eagles podcast. And uh, what else? I was struggling with Sozio. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, Jeremy, he interviewed Ian Rotten on last week's I Got You Five Stars. And, um, you know, good show. Ian, like, here's the thing about Ian. I'm going to say a lot about Ian today. But um, if you can get past the uhs and the ums and all that, I feel like Ian Rotten's a good listen as far as a podcast or an interview goes. You know, he does a lot of pauses and uhs and ums. Um, I, I probably do a lot of that, too. Not as much as him. I think I'm a little better speaker than Ian Rotten, which isn't saying a lot. But anyway, um, so I, I thought it was a very good listen. Um, Jeremy, you know, was very, very hyped up on King of the Death Match. Uh, you know, he deemed Ian Rotten his uncle, and um, they talked for quite some time, um, possibly one of Jeremy's longest interviews. So, um, you know, I felt like it was it was very good. Go back and, and give that a listen. It's a good uh you know, hype up into the King of the Death match. Um, so there's that. Um, King of the Death match wise. Now, I, I got to tell you, like, I don't give a fuck about wrestling. I just don't. Like, even when I try, I wind up not giving a fuck about wrestling. It it seems to keep going right back to the same thing. So it's like I could, I could try to pick this apart and analyze this and analyze that. But when it comes down to it, it's just not for fucking me. It's me trying to force myself to watch something I don't give a shit about anymore. Um, Deathmatch Wrestling for me has absolutely been killed. What killed it for me personally is GCW. GCW killed Deathmatch Wrestling in my opinion. Because they oversaturated it and, you know, they took, you know, uh, an eight match card and they put five deathmatches on it or four deathmatches on it. And not just any death matches. They didn't say, you know, this match has some tables and tubes. And this match has no rope barbed wire. They had four matches with every single thing that you could possibly pack into those four matches. So now, what is a no rope barbed wire match? You feel cheated at that point. You know, if, if someone does a light tube spot in a match, what's your chances of getting a reaction on that shit? When you've seen a match with... Every possible thing you razors, scissors, light tubes, uh, barbed wire, uh, tacks, uh, fucking staple gun, the fucking gussets, the fucking, you, you know what I mean? Like when you put all those things in one match, now try to remove seven of those things and be like, hey, we got this with deathmatch, you know, now you're like, mm, yeah, maybe, maybe not, you know? And that's like what made deathmatch 
tournaments special for me is that was the one place where you could do that. The rest of the year, you know, you might get your barbed wire match. You might get your light tube match, even a 200 light tube match, even a no rope barbed wire, even a fans bring the weapons. But it still had its lane. It still had a certain ceiling on it. And the deathmatch tournaments is when it would step up to that next level. Things have become so pedestrian now with them doing deathmatch tournament style things on regular shows that now I don't give a fuck when it comes down to a deathmatch tournament. That's number one. Number two, these guys don't have characters anymore. The selling is gone. No one even pretends like it hurts anymore. It's, it, you know, everyone's a super badass and they're licking light tubes and, you know, rubbing glass on their foreheads and stuff. And, you know, it works for, I'd say, one out of 15 guys. You know, Schlack, you could believe, fucking eats glass. You know, any other guy that's trying to be Jun Kasai or trying to do this and that, you just don't buy it. Yeah, you can do it. I see that you can do it, but it doesn't amount to shit for me. It, it takes away from the spots you're going to do later on. Now, I don't think that should hurt you. You know what I mean? And, and you're just waiting for the next one. And, it, you know, it to me, it just kills it completely. So I, I was completely checked out of this before it even started. Uh, I caught little pieces of it. Um, I didn't give a shit. I couldn't get into anything on night one. Um, so I, I, what I did catch of the main event of that was very good was, um, John Wayne Murdoch and Shane Mercer. Again, I didn't catch the whole thing, but from what I caught of that seemed very good. Um, Although, like I said, John Wayne Murdoch has gotten ridiculously fat. Where, where these guys have just decided they could be the sloppiest slob motherfucker they, they could possibly dream of. It, it's just, it's not a right. You know, people have just made this acceptable. But it's not. You're, you're disgusting. You're fucking gross. So, you know, cut that shit out. Like, it's, it's not, it shouldn't be a right for everyone to just look like they just came out of retirement. You know? Like you're, you're half of these guys are in their fucking twenties and thirties. I'm 42 years old. I work six days a week with fucking animals and I'm shredded. So eat a dick. You know what I mean? Like I'm not impressed by your fucking work, work ethic at all. You know, it's just, it's not impressive. So it's funny. Cause you know, they die for fucking fans to say something about that. And they'd be like, yeah, well, what are you up to? Yeah. Look at what I'm up to stupid. You know what I mean? I'm not your average motherfucker, so. Um, but anyway, um, so that that was that. Um, the thing I gotta say though, um, before we go at night two. So, Devin Moore no showed. Ian got on the mic and buried Devin Moore, saying that now that he no showed, the locker room. Uh, Wallets won't be light now, you know, now, now, uh, there won't be any thieves in the locker room and this and that. This is where I got to bury this fat fucking nine toed cocksucker, because let me fucking tell you something. Devin Moore has a fucking problem for starters. And look, if you don't want to be sensitive towards that, that's fine. Cause I'm a motherfucker. That's not sensitive towards a lot of that shit. I've been through the addiction and, and, and things like that. But look, if, he robs somebody in the fucking locker room and you're like, fuck that. No tolerance. I get it. I, I get it. You Nobody has to be compassionate towards an addict, you know, because it's, it's, it's not acceptable behavior. Some people get out of it and some people spend their whole life being shitheads. 
And it's not really your job to figure out whether you want to tolerate their shit or not. You don't have to. That's not your fault. They're the one doing wrong. So if you don't want to tolerate that or you don't want to consider it acceptable, that's your fucking call. But Ian Rotten was the one and first fucking person to stand up and defend Devin Moore and say that he would welcome him back into a locker room when that shit happened with Joey. So when he stands up and says, I'll accept him back into my locker room. I know the mistakes are made. Da, 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 da. Okay, great. Well, then years later, he no shows and you go, oh, at least the locker room Wallace wouldn't be light. Well, then you're a fucking scumbag. Because you're only backing him because he's on your good side, but then as soon as he's fucking, he no-shows you, now he's a filthy thief. That's what makes you a fucking scumbag. See, that, and that's the problem with Ian. Ian can't take fucking uh, bad criticism. He can't take things that, that, that don't go his way. Because he turns on you in a second. He did that with me. You know, I, I defended him. I was the first fucking podcast before any of these little shithead MDK jerk off assholes on Facebook had their little Facebook shows with Ian Rotten on it. Ian Rotten was done with fucking podcasting, done with fucking podcasting because that uh, the, the Jerry the Worm jerk off did the, the, the um, ambush podcast where he had everyone that hated Ian call up and Ian just stayed on the line while they all beat the shit out of him. Well, Ian was never going to do a podcast again after that. He'll tell you himself. He told me on, on air multiple times. And it took Drake Younger backing me up to because Drake knew me. And, and he backed me up saying that, no, no, you, you know, J-Cat's a good dude. You know, he, he'll give you an honest interview. He's not going to, you know, fuck you over or anything like that. And, um, you know, Ian came on, did multiple four-hour interviews with me. And I had a great time talking to Ian. And I, and I was a guy who got his voice out there in a very positive way and continued to support him and, and put him over for the great promoter he was. Um, this guy put together some of the greatest talent and, and tournaments and did a lot to fucking get some guys noticed. Now, I mean, their big breaks came elsewhere. You know what I mean? Ian was just kind of like a starting point. Um, he kind of presented a, a platform for them to put like an audition tape out there you know what i mean but once that tape got picked up you know they went on their way and, and made their money but when i had criticism for him he fucking lost it he couldn't fucking handle it he fucking deleted me on facebook and all this and i put it out there like yo i don't give a fuck because i stand by everything that i said you're talking about a guy who was sober and all of this this isn't like Oh, this is when J-Cat was drunk and this and that. No, 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 no. This is well into my sobriety that I fucking said everything I said. So I stand by all the shit I say now and since since I've been sober. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll fucking tell you. But I'll tell you straight up. I, I still back every fucking thing I said. So anyway, um, he was fucking done with me then and all this. And then, you know, a year or two later, suddenly I get a friend request, John Williams. I, I, I fucking accept it. And I go, hey, so, so what'd you add me back for? Oh, I always liked you. Oh, okay, cool. But ain't shit changed, you know? So then he, he started doing some old dumb shit. And, um, you know, I started commenting on it. And he's like, oh, you know, he fucking private messaged me. Why are you being a dick? And I'm not being a dick, dude. I'm being honest. And you don't like honesty. That, that's what's going on here. Because here's Ian's problem. Ian plays this fucking game where he goes, don't tell me how to book a show. 
I've been booking for 35 years or 40 years or whatever the fuck. And then he cries when he doesn't get any fans in attendance. And then when a fan goes, hey, man, I'd really like to see this. Don't you worry about what I'm going to do. I know what I'm doing. And then he goes, wah, nobody showed up. There's like 25 people here. This is fucking crazy. I took a beating again. And they're like, hey, man, I'd really like to see this. Don't tell me how to book a show. I know it. You know, it, it, it's this fucking ridiculous cycle of just being a complete pig-headed asshole. And, and that's, that's what fucking Ian is, you know. And, and this is a classic example of this type of shit. And, you know, the, this stuff with, with Devin is just is dirty. And this is a lot of what goes on in wrestling. It's why, like, I, I don't like I don't like the fucking people for the most part, because I guarantee you within a year or two, Ian and Devin are cool again. But it's a right to just bury him as a person on the fucking mic. And I hope Devin's well and all of this. But let's let's not be fucking crazy. This dude was another guy with a drug problem. And, you know, was going through some major shit enough to be stealing from his fucking friends or, you know, co-workers, whatever you want to call it. And that was the level of shit he was going through. Now, you look at since then, in recent recent times, another good friend of his, Danny Havoc, is dead. Within a few months, this guy no-shows a show that you know meant a lot to him. And the first thing you do is his good friend, Devin's my guy. Devin's my go-to guy. I know he's on the, he's on the, um, he's on the definite book list. As soon as I, I, I schedule a tournament, he's on the phone with me, this and this, this is my guy. So as soon as he no shows a show, you don't worry about his well-being. You just bury him because you're fucking king of the death. You're a dickhead. You're a fucking dickhead. And you deserve every fucking shithole fucking draw that you get. Every 35 fucking people that show up. Every building you burn a fucking bridge with. You deserve every fucking bit of it. Because you're loyal to fucking nobody but yourself. You're fucking on and off friends with everybody you're cool with. John Wayne Murdoch allegedly blew you in your fucking house. And then you're not friends with him. And then you're friends with him again. And now you're not friends with him. And then big surprise. Oh shit. I need a guy for tor- uh, for King of the Death match. Oh, or okay okay, I'll do business with him, even though I don't like him. But he lived with me. You know what I mean? Like, this, this is this on and off fucking hot and cold bullshit friendship stuff that you do. And and it's just disgusting. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't respect that. You know, I, I heard all the stuff about Ian over the years, and it is what it is, because that's not me. He's not, he's not doing any of that shit to me, so I don't have a problem with it. I don't give a fuck what he does to other people. But, and I keep my guard up. I, I don't give people rope to hang me with, and then I can't be mad at them. You know what I mean? If, if you give them reason, if you send Ian Rotten $300 and be like, where's my stuff? Then you're stupid. So I, I just make sure I don't put myself out there like that. And I don't get fucked. So I don't have a problem with him with that. But when I see like that, that night and day friendship on and off, oh, we're cool. We're not cool. Oh, I don't like the way you said that. You know, all this is bullshit. It's, it's just, it's garbage, you know? And, um, yeah, so fuck them. You know, I, I don't like the way people uh, turn on people that way when there's some real life shit going on. Fuck a tournament of death, king of the death, all of this other shit. It, you know, if you're thinking some guy that you have a long time fucking relationship, everybody's quick to run a fucking uh, a tribute show or, a, you know, put out their their memories and this and that when these guys drop dead. But along the way, they're burying them, you know. And again, I'm not a sensitive guy, so I, I just I just keep the same fucking energy throughout. You know what I mean? You know, I got some motherfuckers that that, that died recently and shit uh, in, in the wrestling business, and I just keep my fucking mouth shut. I, I didn't like them then, and they're gone now. And then and that's it. 
You know what I mean? People know what fucking I'm talking about. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. There's no reason for this this night and day bullshit. Um, so night two, uh, you completely fucked the fans as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, they did a lot of crazy deathmatch shit, this and that. Schlack should have won the fucking tournament. I, I would have came on here and put him over for his decision to put Schlack over. Um, I still would have buried him for the other shit, but... Um, Schlack, I mean, he's fucking money. And, they, you know, to put him over in the tournament, it made all the sense in the world. They they ran two nights of a fucking tournament to end the tournament in interference. To, to further an angle, to, to go with an angle that wasn't even your angle to begin with. It was a GCW angle. You know, so you're going to do this Ohio versus Schlack versus Gage shit. You know, King of the Death... To, to further a future angle. No one gives a fuck about your future angles, Ian. If someone tuned in for your king of the death, give them the best fucking tournament they could possibly think. Send them home fucking happy. The fans want Schlack. They're chanting for Schlack. Y you send interference in there and you don't have him defy the odds and beat the fucking the guy with interference. You have him actually lose because of interference into, in king of the death. What is this going to lead to? Fucking... Next year, King of the Death, or if next year gets canceled, two years from now, King of the Death, Schlack's going to get his fucking comeuppance. Come on, man. This shit is retarded. You know, but, you know, what, what do you expect? Of course, he brought his fat son back to fucking uh, replace, I think, Devin. Either Devin or Gage or, or one of them. No, I think Gage's replacement was uh, Murdoch. So maybe um, his fat, shitty son was there to replace... Uh, uh, Devin, so uh, you know it, it's just doesn't make any fucking sense the way that that shit was booked. And again, you say something, it's like I know what I'm doing. Do you really? Do do you fucking really? You know, you know, so many of this stuff. People were like, "Oh, Ian isn't letting us record, and he's not letting us record, and it's the end of the world." No, fuck you, Ian, you scumbag. And I'm like, dude. You don't have to have your own personal footage of a wrestling show. That shit has been going on a long time with like no, you know, no recording the show. Take all the pictures you want, you know, catch it on DVD, VOD, whatever. And, and they got to the point where they, they pretty much bullied him into just being like, no, no, this is what we do now. So he just like put out a thing like you guys are allowed to record now. Okay. Like, get the fuck out of here. And then he's on the MDK fucking thing. These are the same people who were completely fucking burying him under, you know, uh, bullshit logos and shit. Uh, Michael Thick jerk off. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable the way that these people act. And then they wonder why I'm like, oh, you know, I'm clearly better than you as a person. Physically, mentally, you know. I mean, everything about what I do, I have so much more fucking... Uh, respectability i mean the, the, come on man it, 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 this is ridiculous um i noticed the other day like i saw a flashback picture of necro butcher and necro has looked like probably seven different types of shit throughout his life um he had like that fucking hillbilly like crazy frizzy hair thing and then he had this like bloated fucking like I mean, I don't know, man. It, it It's hard to explain, but just really weird shit. And now he's got, like, the, the Herbert, the pervert, fucking dying old man look. 
all within the span of like 20 years, like like three different types of shit he used to look like. So, um, uh, best hip hop producer, maybe a top. I don't really have a top five. I don't know. I mean, Primo is always like to me just fucking gold. What he did with that last Gangstar album, um, was pretty fucking amazing. Cause you know, Guru gone and everything, and he put in shit that like sounded original as hell. Guru verses on it and everything sounded like a Gangstar album. Um, so Primo is always going to be a top for me. Alchemist is absolutely killing it these days. Like, I mean, the, the shit that he's doing with that whole Griselda thing, because to me, half of those cats can't really rap. I, I really don't think they're great rappers. Um, but you go listen to the beats on that shit. They're fucking crazy. Um, what was that last one I just heard? Um, never even heard of the fucking guy. Um... Let me see. Uh, it's called uh, The Price of Tea in China. It's Baldy James. Uh, yo, the, the beats on this are crazy. And he's actually, to me, a better rapper than most of the cats in that in that group. Um, I don't like all that gun shit. Like, you're not a gun. Stop. Just just rap, bro. Just rap. We understand. Like, you're rapping about guns and shit like this. Like, I believe you have a gun and all this. Doesn't really impress me. I'm not looking for that in a person. But, you know, where you got to, like, do an imitation of a gun that doesn't really sound like a gun every fucking five seconds. It, I don't want to listen to that song anymore. Like, the beat's great and you're ruining it, you know? It's almost like when uh, Clue used to scream that fucking Clue all over the fucking... And it's, ah, God damn, it pierced my fucking ear. I was rocking to this shit a minute ago. I got the speakers up too loud, and that shit just put a fucking hole in my brain because he screamed Clue on top of the fucking... Uh. Um, so, yeah, Primo, um, Alchemist, I mean, on some real shit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, all the all the the usual suspects. The guys that get all that credit, I mean, I... There's a reason for it, for sure. Um, um, the storm. I, you know, I really, really got lucky. I had motherfuckers hitting me up. Uh, even Toby was hitting me up from fucking Ohio. Like, yeah, hey, man, uh, bunker down there, brother. You know, the storm's about to hit you guys hard. I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Like, I'm at work. I, I um, you know, I put a tarp on the one side of my pen because I figured I got a fence not far off. It's probably about seven, eight feet off on the other side. Um, so the wind can't really pick up too momentum, too much momentum coming from that side. So by putting a tarp up on the one side, it kept the wind from whipping through my pen and throwing any birds around or anything. And everybody, you know, held up really well. Um, it really just didn't do anything to my yard dropped a couple little branches and stuff like that um I, I couldn't have been happier with the outcome i mean there there's people across the town that lost power for two days the walmart up the street lost power Shoprite in town lost power they lost their whole frozen food section their whole um you know refrigerated section everything had to go in the garbage they lost tens of thousands of dollars um I, I fucking, I mean, maybe my power blinked, but it sure as fuck didn't go off and stay off. And I, I couldn't have been happier, man. I, that's all I could say is uh, I feel absolutely blessed to, um, you know, have 
had no damage like that because you know my animals outside and you know, i got trees around my house i'm always worried about some shit falling on my house um so i i couldn't have been happier with the outcome of that because the storm scared the shit out of me man it, it's you know it's something you have no control over and it's just like flip a coin roll a dice see some shit just destroys your house real quick you know they talking about tornadoes and shit when the fuck did tornadoes become a thing in new jersey I feel like that was never a fucking thing. That was like a Midwest thing that like you'd see in the movies and shit. Like maybe you could be in Jersey and watch a movie about tornadoes, but there wouldn't be one in the fucking state. Um, yeah, fuck all of that, man. Um, have you seen any mass issues where you live in person yet? Um, well, I have issues like at my fucking job because they really don't do a whole lot of enforcing it. Uh, they, they put like notes on the time clock and they, the notes on the time card saying, hey, you got to wear your mask. And then half the fucking staff doesn't do shit and they don't do anything to enforce it. And half of them are these young jerk off kids. And um, I just want to slam them through the fucking floor they're standing on. Um, and, you know, I think they frown upon that. In just about any workplace. It's not just my workplace. But they just don't allow you to do those things. But um, I've been strict as fuck myself with wearing the mask. But, you know, I don't know. It's it's so divided. And, you know, we just got the, the emails and stuff where we had to make a decision on whether we send the kids back to school or this and that. And I fucking opted out of that. I'm not I'm not sending my kids back to school. Not not this year, man. It's it's too divided. There's too many parents and this and that that have decided it's not a real thing or I don't feel like wearing a mask or only wear the mask because someone told them to. And the second they can, they rip it off their face like it never mattered. You know, these are the same people's kids that are going to go back to school. You think you're going to tell their kid what to do when they don't believe in that shit? Man, it, you know. You still got these assholes at this gym over here in Belmar that they're like ripping the doors off the hinges and be like, we're training anyway. We're going to fight the government like you're fucking idiots. Like, I'm not sending my kids out into this landscape, you know, when, when this and it sucks, you know, it's. You know, it's it's going to be mayor's senior year. And I mean, it's really bothering her to not be able to go back, but. I mean, there, there's so much irresponsibility and, and there's too much just division. They're, not everybody's on the same page with this. And as far as I'm concerned, more people are on the, the wrong page with this. Because it's like, you know, clearly the coronavirus is rocking this country. I don't give a fuck what you believe in. I mean, I do give a fuck what you believe in, but because um, it affects me and my family. But and, and businesses and, and so many things. But this country's fucked up right now. And if we think that there's a possible solution in wearing masks, there's clearly no solution in not wearing masks. What I mean, what do you see the end game? If you, you're like, no, I'm not wearing a mask. It doesn't do anything. Okay, so we're just going to at some point go, all right, never mind with this corona shit. Is, is that what's going to happen? Probably not, right? So, I mean, if we wore the fucking mask and that does curb it a little bit, maybe we get back to normal at some point. You know, it's just, it's unbelievable because there's no end game in the side of things of denying it. Billion dollar corporations have shut down. You know, places are going out of business, all of this stuff. And there's still people going, I don't believe it. I, I don't even know how to talk to you. you you're not really 
someone I want to I want to speak to at all. That that's so it's rough. Um. Uh, yeah, no, I'm not. Um. ICW Circus Show. Am I watching? Do I give a shit? Nope. Um. I I saw that they did something where like they were supposed to have a show last night. And then it was a uh, rain delay, and then they, I guess, kicked horses out of a barn and did the shit in the barn, packed all these fucking people in there. And I saw pictures of the show today, and the people are shoulder to shoulder. They got masks on, but, man, they're on top of each other. Fuck all of that. Th- this shit is not worth that. These fucking gatherings. And, you know, especially in the state that they, they've already... You, you're defying the fucking... Uh, the, um, the governor's fucking mandates because it's like 25 fucking people social gatherings and, and you know you got more than that there i mean ian rotten could run in jersey but not gcw or icw um so yeah you know i i mean look the homicide schlack match is something that definitely gets my attention but you know homicide is an absolute legend homicide is tremendous unbelievably talented one of my favorite guys in wrestling but he you know he can't work oh three homicide anymore he can't work at that pace he can't work at that um it's just it just doesn't have the impact it does anymore he's he's had some really good brawls so i mean this very well might be one of them but again no rope barbed wire Eh, what am i gonna see that i haven't you know, I've seen some amazing neuro barbed wires. I mean, is this going to go up against, you know, Wife Beater and, uh, and Zandig? Or, you know, is this going to go up against Mondo and Gage? Is this going to go up against, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll see. I am interested in seeing it, so I, I probably will catch it at some point or another, that match alone. But I don't give a shit about anything else on it. Um, uh... Uh, Abdullah canceled ICW. Um, New Jack is a replacement. Am I surprised Brett never used New Jack before in one of his battle royals? Nah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really see the appeal of New Jack anymore. Uh, there was a point where it worked, but it, it's almost like the Sandman shit. You know, it's like the music hits, the music, the aura, the whatever, but um, I mean, for what? What is the end game? Yeah, I saw the one um, on-point wrestling show. He came out in fucking sweatpants. He looked like he was raking leaves before his music hit. And he just came out in fucking sweatpants and shit and an old t-shirt. And it didn't even get dressed to come there. He must have lived, like, real local. It was, like, at the mailbox. And they're like, dude, you want to stop by and make some money? He's like, all right. Hop in the car real quick. But um, uh, Nick Cage injured for a while. Yeah, he, he fucked his ankle up. Um, yeah, and tried to come back to that show last week or whatever the fuck that was. They're all running together now, too, because it all seems like the same shit. They're all seemingly running the same angles, too, like GCW, ICW, uh, King of the Death. They're all doing the same thing, so none of it's really unique. Um, there's not a lot of um, exclusive stuff. I mean, it's pretty exclusive to... I see no 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 GCW over ICW but I mean other than that you know I don't know it's um Nick Gage and and Gage being injured 
you know, that that's bad. That's bad for him. Um, you know, his fucking habits and uh just just raking in money off the fucking internet with the cameos and he's got an MDK website now, is selling fucking hats, shirts, shorts, fucking pants, socks, condoms, fucking you know. I I can't wait to see some of these assholes in full Nick Gage outfits. <laughs> I'm a gangster. Shut up, you motherfucker, you. Um, unemployment extras going from 600 to 200 a week. I don't give a fuck about that. It annoys me the unemployment thing because um, you know I, I haven't missed a day of work six days a week um, since this thing started. And there were people who were part-timers that opted out of working for two, three months, and they got $600 a week. I don't make $600 a week, so that, that kind of fucking sucks when you're putting in 47 hours a week and making under that. And people who wouldn't have made that if they stayed working, then making that. So it's a really fucked up gimmick, and um, you know they, I don't know why they wouldn't go somewhere in the range of what they were already making. Why should you benefit from being out of work? I mean, if if you want to make where they break even, I don't really have a problem with that. But if you were only working three days a week and now you're making money as if that wage you were you're working eight days or nine days a week, because at your wage, even if you worked seven days, you wouldn't make what you were making. So it's it's fucking crazy that you would just suddenly get like a pay raise on a pandemic. But meanwhile, the people still at work aren't getting anything extra and, you know. It's it's really lopsided and unfair. Um, you know they're they're trying to pump this new thing where now I think uh, Trump's trying to push the two hundred to four hundred. But again, like these are extras that people are getting for not working, and maybe some people who can't work. I understand that, you know, but make sure that these motherfuckers are making at least that to be getting that, because otherwise, again, the pay raise for not working seems fucking insane. Oh, well, they don't have any. Okay, but they weren't making that before. So that needs to be fixed. Um, uh, Groundhogs ate all Shaheen shit. Any recommendations? Well, um, a lot of times, like, uh, if you can get your hands on, like, some predator shit, um, (laughs) it sounds crazy, but um, so... Sometimes people will come to my job and they'll get like the tiger shit and they'll put that around their garden because if things like that smell that there's a predator in the area such as that, they don't want to be part of that. They're like, oh, there's a tiger in this fucking area. I'll eat vegetables up the road. Fuck this. Um, You could do that type of thing. Um, I always try to steer towards things that aren't going to kill the animal, which I'm sure Shaheen feels the same way because, you know, he's, he's an animal lover, too. And um yeah, like those type of things, you have to find determinants that are kind of safe and, uh, you know, pet friendly and things like that. It's harder. It's definitely harder. You know, the people that put out the poisons and the things that kill them and stuff, they wind up with a lot more success. But that's not really the world we live in, you know, myself and Jean. Um, So, you know, it's tough, you know, and some of the stuff, you know, you, you got a fence, you got a berry fence, you got to, you know, do all sorts of shit to really, you know. You could bury some wire down um, or you could do raised boxes because they can't get into the raised boxes. Um, 
yeah, so you're more or less growing above ground. Um, so, it, you know, yeah, I mean, there, there's various things you could try and do and everything, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a struggle. <laughs> you got to outsmart the, uh, the wildlife that are out there just, uh, trying everything they can to, to get the shit you got. So, um, thoughts of what's going on in Seattle and Portland, unidentified cops throwing people in cars. I mean, it's, it's scary shit. I don't really know what to say about it, but I mean, there's, there's scary shit going on out there and the way that, that Trump's running shit and uh, there's just such like a blatant lie that's going on, you know, where, you know, if a Democrat says, uh, you know, Hey, you know, we, we just like, uh, equal rights. Oh, they want to open the borders. You know, you know, it's, everything goes to such an extreme and then they double down. Like as soon as there's some resistance on this or that, Trump doubles down and he does it to like spite people and he's a very aggressive, very dominant, egotistical president. And to have that guy in office who really doesn't have any compassion or care for what goes on with people, he doesn't. The people who believe he does are are just fucking challenged. I mean, there's there's no way around it. I mean, the, the shit he does is fucking bizarre. I mean, I, I saw Drake Younger post some shit today saying Trump is the first president to ever um, uh, fight against human trafficking. Like, dude, he just whisked Jislaine uh, Maxwell well. She's up on charges of fucking child sex trafficking. And he said, oh, I wish her well. And, and people on his side are still going, he's the best ever when battling human trafficking. It's like, do you understand that, like, that's the opposite of the truth? But it's like, they just, they're just going to believe what they're going to believe. You know, it's, it's scary shit. I, I really, really would like to see this country get back to some kind of normalcy. And the people who feel this way and have these crazy extreme values and everything, let them go back into hiding. Let them go tell their family and their fucking uncle, hey, this is how I feel. And I'd be like, all right, me and you, we'll keep that shit close, you know? They're screaming the shit from the rooftops now because the president's fucking co-signing it, you know? Uh, it's it, it's very startling. I, I don't know. It's difficult to even uh, put words into it because it's it's baffling. You, you see the stuff and you just go, I, I can't even believe what the fuck is... He, did he just say that shit? You know? Um... Another thing I wanted to touch about, uh, H2O had a show, um, Matt Tremont's company at his apartment. He, uh, fucking had Frankie Picard come out on a fucking horse. Now they had the horse outside and they were trying to force it into the building. And I heard from multiple people who were there that the horse was not happy with the situation at all was definitely unhappy with this fucking guy riding him. And, uh, you know, because, I mean, we can go ahead and take an educated guess and say Frankie Picard is probably not an experienced rider. So they stuck this this fat shithead on the back of this fucking horse for the sake of a fucking nobody's entrance. Frankie Picard, Picard is always going to be a nobody 
in wrestling, in fatherhood, in fucking everything. He's a fucking nobody. He has eight fucking children, and he's working shindy wrestling. He's working fucking indie gigs on the fucking weekend on the back of a fucking horse with a smoking gimmick, and his fucking guy has eight fucking human beings that call this guy dad. You know what I mean? They're looking at him for fucking guidance, and he's in Matt Tremont's fucking apartment on the back of a fucking horse trying to force it in a building. And apparently the horse was pretty fucking upset and they were trying to force it into the fucking building and it wasn't working. And eventually his fat ass had to hop off the horse. Fuck this guy and fuck Tremont for, for making that shit happen. Because Frankie Picard didn't show up with a fucking horse. Matt Tremont showed up with a fucking uh, with this on his card. I, I'm so tired of people using animals for fucking props. Like it's all just fun and games. And oh, let's just drag a horse in the fucking building for the sake of Frankie fucking fuck Picard's. Uh, his fucking entrance because that'll make a fucking difference to the hundred people in attendance what the fuck is wrong with you people why why are you such bottom feeding fucking lower forms of human beings why why is that who who is that for what were his eight kids happy to see him on the horse is that who was that for daddy daddy's on a horse look at it you know and I, I heard one of his kids had a kid, so now he's a grandfather on top of the thing. You know. Jesus Christ. It's just... Reality has to fucking come into play at some point. Entertainment, entertainment, okay, yeah, yeah. But let's use some fucking... Some some form of morals attached to this fucking... This, this thing we're doing here. When you wave that and just go, Oh, no, it's wrestling. It's all, yeah, everything's whatever. No, everything isn't fucking whatever. I'm going to have morals. Uh, I hate to break the fucking news to you, but it doesn't line up with what I'm what I'm about. So, as soon as you start involving animals, I think you're garbage. Because, uh, you know, I, I'm passionate about that. These animals need us to fucking protect them. They kind of go where we lead them. We lead them into some shithole, and that's that's where their fucking situation is. We can take care of them. We can spoil them. We can give them fantastic lives. Or we can go, you're part of my entertainment. You know, I don't respect you fucking people. Um, Shaheen asked, uh, if they legalize weed in New Jersey, would I ever go back to smoking? Um, well, I mean, to explain things real quick, um, I'm sober from alcohol for seven years that's that's my deal um so i didn't have so to speak a problem with weed now i went at least 20 years of smoking weed every day when i quit smoking weed it was because i was bored of it i just um you know i hit a certain point i was i was doing it constantly and it was making me tired um it cost a lot of money um you know my tolerance was up so i was going through nothing but high quality stuff um, and it was expensive and it'd make me tired. It kind of kept me like on a, on a down. And I didn't like that because, you know, as you start to get older, you're starting to search for energy. You're starting to try to find how can I get a little fucking more energy? How, how can I get more done in the day? Well, you know, doing stuff that, you know, makes you want to lay on the fucking couch or, you know, whatever that's, that's not going to work out. So that was kind of like my, my call there, but I've always loved weed. I've always loved THC in general. Um, I have asthma, so lung wise, it's not really in the cards for me to just be blazing. 
I, I can't reintroduce that to my life. I, I through sobriety, I have come to a complete change in my mentality too. Like I no longer want to get fucked up. Like I, I, I can't imagine a, a life where, you know, my kids are like, daddy's high or daddy's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like that's not, and they don't even talk like that, but yeah, but you're like, you, you know what I mean? Like that, that's the thought of that sounds uncomfortable to me. You know what I mean? So if I did something, it would have to be dabbling. It would ha- I'll take a pull off of this, you know, or, or something like that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm getting high all the time now. You know what I mean? I don't want to be that. I used to be, you know, uh, get as high as possible, smoke a whole fucking blunt, you know, uh, you know, there were times we had fucking ciphers going with, with multiple blunts at some point or another, you got two of them, one in each hand and you know, what the fuck, what am I trying to accomplish here? You know what I mean? But that, you know, I went through years of doing that stupid shit, you know, hitting bongs and you know, coughing and fucking dying a coughing and being a, like, forget where I put every fucking thing I own, you know, uh, you know, sitting there like fucking eyes barely open, fucking laughing at the television and shit like this. I don't even know what I'm laughing at. You know, like th- I've, I've done that. I've, I've been through that time and there was a lot of those times that were good times. None of that appeals to me anymore. So, like I said, if I did something, it would be more of a dabble type thing. I do like the sound of legalizing in New Jersey and, you know, 20 years of smoking every day and um, it being illegal, you know, it would be such like a such an amazing occurrence in New Jersey. I'd have to, you know, just fucking dabble or something, you know, take a pull off or something, something. Um, but yeah, like any of that, like, uh, smoke paper, that type of shit doesn't really appeal, appeal to me. Um, you know, again, like maybe, maybe a dabble in the edible type thing or something. But again, like it, it, it would have to be such a light, light amount that it's, it's, uh, enhancing, not altering because, I have such a um, such a demand to have control over my facilities and to not be like, oh well, I didn't know what I was doing because of this. Or I get, you know, um, I I've really, you know, come to a very very strong point in my life where I I just I want to have control over what I'm doing. I don't want to be disabled in any way, or you know, incapacitated or. You know, well, I'll talk to you later when you're not fucked up or any of that type of shit. You know, what I mean, that it's just it, it just sounds terrible to me. It's that's not, you know, and, and again, I've done so much of that in my life that I'm like, yeah, no, I'm all set. So it wouldn't be anywhere near the realm of what a lot of other people do. Um, and again, because I have such a strong feeling against that type of feeling, I don't like whatsoever fear like THC as as any kind of um you know, break in sobriety or anything. Cause again, like I didn't get sober off of weed. That wasn't, that wasn't my vice. That wasn't my problem. I, I did that for more years than I drank, but it, it, it was only a vice to me when I did it every day and I ran out and then I got like all, you know, fucking mad cause I didn't have it. And you know, my emotions and moods swung, but I'm in a different lane from that. You know what I mean? Like I'm so aware of those type of things where like, if that even started to happen, I'd be like, fucking hate that. That's not the person I want to be. And I'd pull so hard away from it that it it would just disappear. Um, so yeah, I mean, I know that's a long roundabout way to answer it, but, um, I very, very much want them to legalize it in New Jersey, just, um, for the sake of the taxes, for the sake of the, um, uh, you know, people not getting locked up over weed. Um, you know, just, you know, it's, it's no more dangerous. It's, it's less dangerous than alcohol. 
And, you know, we've been going a long fucking time on people can get just blackout fucking drunk and do things. But, you know, smoking a joint, oh, you got to go to jail now. It's it's retarded. It doesn't make any sense. And it should have been legalized a long time ago. Um, I'm hoping they get it done. I I feel like it's never going to happen, you know, despite the fact that it's going to be on the ballot in November. And it's up for people to vote. But so was fucking Donald Trump. And he's our fucking president. So, you know. We'll see what goes on, but uh, that's to answer that. Um, Marty Jannetty admitting to numerous murders. Uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I, he's a shithead. I don't know why he's still alive. Um, I feel like he should have died a long time before a lot of the other people we've lost in, in wrestling and in general. Um, he, he's been such a colossal dickhead for so long. And uh, it just, you know, I'm not against wishing people dead. I'm really not. I think he's a complete garbage human being. He's talked about trying to fuck his daughter or thinking about fucking the stepdaughter or whatever. You know, he's just a scumbag. Uh, he threatened me years ago. We got into it. This is when I was still drinking. So I was just challenging whoever to fucking talking shit with people online, similar to what he does. Um, he's like, oh, I'll fuck you up. And I, that's not going to happen. And, and sure enough, it didn't. Um, you know, it, it's just he's just a jerk off. Um, there's a lot of people like that in wrestling, you know, uh, uh, Brett Lauderdale getting outed by wrestling sites and deathmatch fans. No selling it. Uh, same fans that are super SJW otherwise. Uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, Lauderdale with his fucking, uh, whatever the fuck he called it, diss track or whatever, where he, he rapped. Um, that was horrendous. That was, that was fucking terrible. Um, he's, he's a white dude that cannot fucking rap. He was trying to be down. It was the corniest fucking attempt at trying to be any sort of hood. Um, it makes me laugh equally as hard as this fucking MDK gang affiliated bullshit because you got like the corniest people ever trying to throw up gang signs and say gang affiliated and I'm a shot caller and it's like you got to be out of your motherfucking. But this comes from the same exact camp. So it makes a lot of sense to me, you know. You know, you, you got one guy who, who's, who's always been known to have been able to handle himself and fight, but was locked up for a drug addiction. You know, that that's what he was locked up for. And now he, he's like, you know, uh, knighting people is like, you're a gang member. You're a gang member. He's like the Oprah of gang members. Like, he's just a year a gang member and you're a gang member. You're all gang members. You know, like <laughs> you get a bandana. You get a bandana. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> These fucking people should be euthanized. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, that's, like, that thing. And, oh, he said the N-word in the song. And, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's his own thing. The other part of it is Maven Bentley is the one who got this whole shit rolling. And supposedly, um, you know, he N-bombed fucking uh, Maven Bentley and said that he hopes his mother dies and, um... And then I guess his mother died. And from what I read, uh, I guess Maven said it on a podcast, which, like, you know, everyone's got a fucking podcast that ain't shit. Um, so uh, from what I heard, I, I gathered that, like, Maven was saying that, and this is really not me even defending any of these people because I don't like any of them, but. Maven was saying, like, he said, yeah, I hope your mother dies because his mother was dying and then his mother died. That wasn't Maven saying Brett killed my mother. 
But then Brett goes on Twitter saying, he says, uh, I threatened his mother and then his mother died. So I'm going to get my lawyer on this. And I, dude, I don't, he wasn't fucking saying that. I didn't even hear the fucking thing. And I guarantee you, he didn't fucking say that you killed his mother. You stupid little drug addict. Um, so there's that. Um, but then like, supposedly, you know, Brett was trying to fucking get him to, to blow up and lose his license. So he was calling him everything he could. He was saying shit about his family. He was doing it because he's a little dirtbag. And that's what Brett does. He's a little Weasley dirtbag. And he tries to start shit until someone loses their fucking cool. And then guess what? They get arrested. Which is, you know, I don't know. Not what really shot callers do. But, you know, what do I know? Um, But the other thing is, is like Maven, Maven plays this old fucking tough shit. And Maven does uh, the jujitsu and all of this. So I believe that he could fight. I believe he's trained in some fighting and stuff. But I will always, always side with the fact that when Gage and Lauderdale walked into Cage of Death, they were not welcome. Just because fucking Joey Janela's fucking boyfriend, uh, the, the Giancarlo guy... Doesn't mean he can go, hey, you guys can come by and they fucking come in. He's not a booker. He's not any like he, he can't authorize people to come into the fucking cage and make a mockery of their show. So as far as I'm concerned, just like any other time someone crosses the guardrail that isn't allowed to cross the guardrail, they fucking they drag him out of there by their fucking face like they beat the shit out of him like it doesn't go well. And that that's the way it's always been. But they opted out of that. They they took the fucking, I guess, high road and just allowed them to make a mockery out of them in their building. And as far as I'm concerned, I think they would have fucking got off of any charge possible if they beat the shit out of Brett Lauderdale and Nick Gage in that fucking ring. I don't know why they, they act like Nick Gage can't be beat up. Like, yes, the fuck he can. Is he a tough guy? Sure. Did you have fucking four or five other guys. Did you have a whole locker room full of fucking guys there? Yeah, yeah, you did. But you opted out of doing any fucking thing. You stood there like cuckolds while they fucking made a mockery of your company in front of all the fans at your biggest show of the fucking year. And that was that was your fucking call. So then when you passive aggressively tweet and Facebook for years about these fucking people after that, you look like a clown. Because you had your opportunity. They gave, they fucking, they served on a fucking platter the opportunity to break their fucking faces. And go, hey, man, hey, you weren't supposed to be here, you know. Cross the guardrail, you know the rules, da, da, da. Nope, didn't fucking do it, couldn't do it. Oh, no, no. But, you know, that that's what it is. So passive-aggressively, they try to fucking take their shots and, oh, yeah. Uh, he's always passive aggressively tweeting about Joey Janela and then Facebooking about Joey and, and, uh, and about, uh, Brett and about this and about that. Well, you know, fucking do something already. You know, uh, this, this petty bullshit CZW's fucking finished. I don't give a fuck what nobody says. They're not coming back. They're not running again. If they do, they're not going to run regularly. They're going to take beatings like Ian rotten on, on houses. Uh, they were taking beatings before they left. And then they got hit with all this controversy. And now what are they going to do? How are they going to relaunch now? Tons of guys aren't going to work for them. Uh, Tons of women ain't going to work for them. They launched new training uh, um, head trainers. So they got um, the rep 
which I like the rep. They should have got out of CZW a long time ago. They're holding themselves back by even hanging out there anymore. Um, so you got the rep, and you got fucking Roxy Cotton, a girl who fucking based her career off of a fucking pill. Uh, I'm going to name myself after pills in the wrestling business. That's a good idea. She should train young girls. That That's a good idea. Um, she's never been fucking good in the ring, ever. And, um, you know, we'll just fucking, we'll use her as, as the... Um, the one who's going to train the girls, you know, after we uh, solidified a pretty negative reputation for how we handle girls in our company here. So that ought to work out. I see. As far as I'm concerned, CZW's done. Maven's going to flail and, fl- you know, talk his shit and be passive aggressive and all that other bitch shit. That's what he's going to do online for years to come. And, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. But. I don't see any. Um, I don't see anything coming out of it. Um, like I said, they're trying to cancel Brett Lauderdale on some shit. And I'm like, dude, he's a little scumbag. But you know, what what are you exposing that isn't already known? You know, you know, the shit happened then, and you didn't go public with it. You know, here here's the difference between like a Maven Bentley and a and a fucking uh, DJ Hyde and a and a John Zandig. That shit happened at Cage of Death. The very next fucking month, the show would have started with fucking Zandig on the mic going, you're lucky I didn't fucking kill you, motherfucker. You step foot in this fucking ring, and I'll fucking, I'll fucking kill you in front of everybody. You know what I mean? And, you know, this is my fucking company, and if I even see you thinking about some shit like that again, I'll show up at your fucking house. And, you know what I mean? Like, not your fucking company, your fucking house. Like, that, that was the type of shit, like... He, he put his fucking feet down and let motherfuckers know that, that you, you're not coming in here with some bullshit. You, you, know, you know, this is my house. You're not, you don't get to just walk in here. And again, no one would have walked into the fucking door that wasn't welcome and got in a ring with John Zandig running the company. So they had already solidified themselves as complete clowns that could be walked all over. And then Brett and Gage proved the point. They, they completely proved the point. So, you know. It doesn't make any sense. You know, they ignore it publicly. They don't address it publicly. Just like DJ hasn't addressed any of the shit that was said about him that, that he did with, with girls and, and said about girls and did this and that. Like He didn't address any of it. So they've just completely ignored it like it doesn't exist. And one day they're just going to run a show. No, CCW's fucked. Absolutely fucked. Um, so, yeah, the, the, it's just like flinging and flailing and all of that. Um, Shane sent me a link saying a hundred children have been shot in Philadelphia so far this year. I mean, again, you know, people call it racist. They'll call it whatever, but you know, if black lives matter like this, this shit has to matter. This shit has to be part of the equation. You know, I mean, this, this isn't, you know, if you just say black lives matter every time, you know, a cop kills a black guy, a black woman, uh, you know, whatever it may be. But then children are shot at this rate. A hundred children were shot this year. And you got a couple people going like, hey, man, yeah, that ain't right. You know, and I and I saw black people on the news saying the same thing. Hey, if black lives matter, what is this? What the fuck is this? But, you know, that you don't get the same level of protest, the marching, the, the you know. You, you don't. You just don't. You get a small gathering within the neighborhood. You don't get this type of, you know, uprising. 
No one's kneeling in a fucking football game because children are being shot in the fucking streets. A hundred children. We're in August. We're, we're eight months into the year. We still got months left. And a hundred children just in Philadelphia. If that doesn't matter to you, if you're going to make that all, oh, you can't even say anything because of systemic race. I mean, then then there's a bigger problem than the police. There just is. They're a problem. They're a problem. They, that type of thing happening, these these unjust fucking killings that have happened by the police are such a major thing that they need to be stopped. They absolutely need to be stopped. But I think these other things need to be stopped more so. I do. I, I don't think police are shooting seven-year-old children in the chest. You don't see too much of that. See it every fucking week on the news. Every fucking week on the news, I'm here eating my fucking breakfast, and I watch the Philly news in the morning, and I'm seeing a, a child. Two children were shot last night. Two child with this, this cat, this kid was shot. This kid, you know, it's fucking terrible. It's absolutely fucking terrible, and something needs to go down. Something needs to fucking end. People get mad about, oh, you know, they're trying to send national guard into the city to to, to keep it. Okay, well, what's going to stop it if that's not it? If the police can't stop it and then the police have to worry about how they handle every situation because it's a, it's a straight out war zone with kids getting killed. And if they don't tip through the tiptoe through there at the right fucking pace, oh shit, you know, they they're out here trying to kill people. Well, I mean, they have to go into a place where people are being killed and then try to manage I, I don't envy those motherfuckers, man. And um again, this isn't me supporting anything that they've done wrong. But to have to go into those fucking war zones and and mediate and manage and, and oh man, fuck that, fuck that, man. I, I just it, it's scary stuff. I'm really glad I don't live, you know, in one of these areas that that children are being shot. I got three kids, you know, and I, I can't imagine just like yeah, you know, somebody said some shit about this, and then this guy came back and the, the one I saw like. Um, kids were shot. There was at least two children shot in critical condition. And, um, they said bullets were spraying. You imagine like, not only like having a problem with somebody and be like, yo, I'm gonna go kill that fucking person. Like I'm killing everybody out here. What type of mentality do you have to have to be like, I'm killing every fucking thing moving around here. Just, that's it. I'm just spraying this motherfucker with bullets. I don't give a fuck who drops. That's fucking crazy, man. Like, that's... That needs to be stopped. But, I, you know... Clearly, this podcast is not going to... Uh, <laughs> is not going to make that happen. Um, yeah. Um, let me see... If there's anything else I got. Um, I want to give a shout-out to... Uh, my man, uh, Jeff Sands, son, Garrison, because uh, he was telling me, man, he, he's out there crushing it with the runs, doing uh, cross country and all this. And uh, that's dope, you know, to see people still driven physically and, and trying to get out there and crush it, um, especially amongst this pandemic. We got to find ways to be positive, you know, and that's the thing. I think this is only escalating all this violence and stuff out there because people, you know, you take some levels of comfort out of their life. And the next thing you know, they, they acted out, they act out this way or that way. And it's just, it's terrible. 
You know, we, we've all turned against each other. Um, I mean, they're, we're making people racist that aren't even racist, saying, oh, well, the, the way that this was said, I think that makes them racist. And meanwhile, there's actual racists out there looking to kill people because of their color. And um, just there's too much division. It, it's really it's really terrible. Um, let me see. Uh, Trump's looking to ban TikTok. Um, as far as I'm concerned, the reason why that's going on is because, uh, that thing that happened at that rally where, uh, some kids on TikTok, um, started up something where they made, uh, Trump's people believe that they sold a million tickets for that rally. And, uh, then he showed up and there were 6,000 people there. And then he found that it had something to do with the TikTok thing. Next thing you know, the, the president is trying to ban TikTok. And he's saying because of the hacking of China and this and this and this. But I don't think he gives a fuck about that, honestly. I think it has to do with his personal, you know, uh, the things that happened to him personally. Because that's how he acts. Um, I'm deleting motherfuckers that call um, Joe Biden a pedophile. Anybody who comes on, on the fucking Facebook and it, it comes up on my news feed to call him a pedophile gets the fuck off of my Facebook. Simple as that, because I want him to be president. And if you're you're saying that he's a pedophile, well, then you're telling me that I I support pedo pedophilia, and and I don't, and I don't. I um, it's one of the worst things on the fucking planet. Um, again, your president right now is a guy who wishes a woman up on child sex trafficking charge as well. He's been in the parties with with this woman with Jeffrey Epstein over the years where rich people were being catered to with, with teenage girls. And this is, was a regular thing, but we're turning a blind eye to that and calling Joe Biden a pedophile. Cause I think in this thing, he sniffed a girl's hair or something like you guys are being really fucking weird. And, um, you know, again, eight, eight years in office, as the vice president of the United States, I never heard one thing about him being racist. I never heard one thing about him being a pedophile. Now suddenly he's running against Trump and there's these smear campaigns about him being this and this and this. And I'm not tolerating it. That's it. I don't give a fuck, man. Like my circle, uh, my, my tight, tight circle mostly just lives in my house, you know? And, um, anything outside of that, I, I could probably do it out. So Facebook friends that I, I most most of them I gained through wrestling that I don't even fucking watch or enjoy anymore. So if that's the type of shit you're on, you can get the fuck on. Um, not I don't think your memes are cute, any of that shit. Yeah, I mean, so just not just not up for it. You know, I just think it's um it, it's real stupid. And I, I see a lot of people trying to play devil's advocate. Well, maybe they're both pieces of shit. Okay, so what does that do for our election? What does that do for our election? If they're both pieces of shit, then then your vote doesn't matter. Is that what we're saying? Because I don't think that's a good, I don't, I don't think that's a good thing to go with. Um, Joey Diaz is moving back to Jersey. I'm very happy about that. Um, he's um he's tired of shit going on in California. It, shit has gotten wild as fuck out there, and um, he's just like fuck it. I'm going back home. Uh, he hasn't lived in Jersey since the '80s. And, you know, I, I'm very happy about it for, you know, definitely for the reason of, you know, when he gets past, when we get past this COVID thing, he's going to probably start doing some local gigs 
And I don't see him flying all over the place by the way he's talking anymore. He may never do that again. But local gigs he'll probably do. And where I got to see him at Vinnie Brand's Stress Factory over in East Brunswick, um, he that's where he'll be. That'll be the local gig will be us. So Joey Diaz will probably play that joint four times a year. Where before you were lucky if you played it once a year. Yeah. So I'm super excited for that because, you know, again, light at the end of the tunnel. You know, what do we got after this? You know, how, how are things going to shake out when this is all said and done? Well, you know, Joey Diaz is fucking back in the area, and I think that's fucking awesome. Um, so, yeah. Um, anybody listening to the podcast want to play me on fucking Madden? I've been playing Madden a lot. PlayStation 4. Uh, J Tiger is my uh, PSN. I think that was the call, right? Um, motherfuckers be on there called King something, and then they quit when I win. Uh, I'm winning thirty-one nothing in the third quarter. Like, don't you're not King anything. Stop it with that. You know I mean, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, what else do I got? Uh, Muppets Now started up on Disney Plus. Uh, Muppets now, I, I honestly, I think it's pretty good. I, uh, you know, mixed reviews about it. Cause I, you know, I think, uh, the voice that Matt Vogel's doing isn't that great with Kermit. Um, I think he needs to really, really fucking work on that. I'm tired of hearing people like say, Oh, it's his own spin on it. it you know, it's a legendary character. You don't get to fucking have your own spin on it. Cause Steve Whitmire sounded so much like Jim Henson. You know, you didn't miss, like, a beat. You weren't like, oh, this is way different. It's way different with, with Matt Vogel, and he needs to fix that shit. You know, put your spin on a new character, not on Kermit the motherfucking frog. So, um, but uh, they have it set up as, like, uh, them doing their own, like, internet shows. And uh, I, I really liked the, the segment they did on week one with Miss Piggy and uh, Uncle Deadly. I thought that was really good. Um, I don't like the way that the um, celebrities were interacting with the, the with the Muppets because in the past, in the old Muppet show, the celebrities would talk to the Muppets as if they were just other people. Like they would communicate with them like there wasn't shit wrong. Occasionally you make a joke like, well, I'm talking to a frog or, or you know, but um, they were talking to them like it was just normal. Um, the, the episode one the celebrities came off as if they were talking to famous puppets. You know what I mean? Like, and it came off like condescending. Um, so I didn't like that. Uh, I hopefully they fixed that. I heard episode two is supposed to be better. I haven't watched it yet, but it's on uh, Disney plus now. So, you know, I just love to see the Muppets existing in any capacity because Disney has done very much shelving them. So, um, them existing again is a great thing to me. And um, I'm looking forward to it. I hope it lasts. I hope they keep it on because it's it's a fucking streaming service. I don't think they need to get a certain amount of ratings or anything, right? So hopefully they could just keep it going for at least a couple seasons or something. I really want to see, you know, more frequent Muppet movies, maybe every two years, three years, do a Muppet movie. And if they can get some kind of series rolling in between, fantastic. I mean, I just love the puppetry and I love to see uh, them existing is because they're they're such major characters, you know. Um, trying to think of what else. Uh, yeah, man, I think that's about all I got. Um, 
But yeah, uh, I got all my plugs out. I got everything else out, I think. Um, oh, what podcast am I listening to now? Uh, Shaheen asked me to. Um, uh, the Church of What's Happening Now with Joey Diaz, uh, for sure. Um, let me see my podcast thing. I'll open it right now. Uh, so I listen to the church of what's happening now. Um, I like the, your mom's house, um, network, I guess you'd call it. So, uh, your mom's house I listen to, which is, um, um, Tom Segura and Christina P. Um, and then you got, uh, the Bill Burt podcast, which is Bill Burr and Burt Kreischer. Um, you got, uh, two bears, one cave, which is Burt Kreischer, Tom Segura. Um, you got, uh, where my mom's at, which is, uh, Christina P's own show. And then she has like, uh, Dr. Drew on sometimes and whoever else. A lot of times they go over like the crazy TikToks and, and all of that shit. Uh, Dr. Drew after dark is another one, you know, it, he, he has Christina on, he has Tom on, um, that's both of those are good. Bill Burr's Monday night, uh, Monday morning podcast. Um, occasionally Adam Carolla always pops in and out. Um, he leans a little bit more sort towards the Trump side. So I can only stomach so, so much of that. Um, he's not like fully trumped out. Like he, he definitely calls him out on some shit too, but you know, I, uh, I go on and off with him. I always loved Adam, but, um, you know, it could be too much sometimes. So I, I scale back and I come back to it as, as I can. Um, Chip Chipperson podcast is always a, a must every week. I listen to that. Um, let me see. I mean, that, that's pretty much it. Um, you know, an occasional wrestling podcast, but unless it's something that appeals to me, I really don't turn it on. Um, Listen to a couple episodes of the Bob Saget podcast. Um, as you can see, comedy is, is where I go. Uh, Rogan, I don't listen to. It's just too preachy. Not not so much even preachy. It's too like documentary ish to me. I'm not looking to learn, you know. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, that that's most of what I listen to. I listen to the Stern Show too on Sirius when that's on. Uh, I have the, the app, so like I'll just download it and listen to it the next day. That's hit and miss too. You know, it's a lot of the the interviews that he's getting these days aren't aren't really what I like. I like the Artie era Stern show the most, and that's long dead. So um, there's still some entertaining parts of it, but you know, I, I like having the app too because then I could skip through shit that I'm not into. So so that's good. Um, I I think that's pretty much it though. You know, um, I was listening to the bonfire on uh series two for a while with Big J Okerson, Dan Soder. Um, I haven't listened to that in a, in a little bit, but that was always pretty entertaining too. Maybe I'll check back in to see what they're up to, download a couple episodes. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's pretty much it. Um, so yeah, I'll try to get another one of these going next week. Uh, I watched a tiny bit of NBA. Not not a lot. Um, baseball's all fucked up. I'm not a baseball fan, but uh, they, they keep fucking up with this thing, which makes me wonder, like, what's going to go on with the NFL? Because uh, the basketball bubble thing is working, and the baseball traveling shit is not working. And uh, football's looking to do a traveling thing. Um, luckily for them, they're not really doing, like, 
you know, like baseball does a series. So they do like they play, you know, whatever, four or five games against the same team in a row um, where, you know, with football, it's, it's one game a week per team. So hopefully they'll be able to manage it a little bit better. But I think it's going to be scary. You got bigger rosters. Uh, closer contact on the field. Um, they could get face shields and shit, but they're doing a lot of different things that, uh, you know, this, a lot of the players are saying, like, I don't know about this policy. Uh, one thing I saw on them, last thing I'll say before I get off this thing, but one thing I saw I thought was pretty fucking cool. They showed uh, they have, like, wristbands that they wear off the field, and they're, like, contact tracers. So they have computers you know, in, in the, in the team organizations that'll show every single person. So if someone comes up positive, your bracelet will tell them every single person on that, on that team or other teams that you came in contact with. So they could, they could target it and, and control it that way. So that, that's actually pretty cool technology, you know, to figure out who was around who, because I mean, maybe, you know, your, uh, wide receivers were nowhere near your, you know, uh, defensive backs or your linebackers so you don't really need to worry about quarantine and the linebackers because the wide receivers weren't really around them so even though one tested positive well he wasn't around two of the other wide receivers or this guy or that guy so we can quarantine this and that but the rest of the team is straight because they didn't even come in contact so i i think hopefully that'll um play some role in keeping this shit right um i i've heard a lot of people just saying like yeah roger goodell's gonna make this shit happen whether it's good for them or not so I guess we'll see. But uh yeah, that's that's about it. I'll talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace.